everybody. It's Matt and Jess from The Radical Road. Uh, this week, we actually spent some time apart, so we're going to discuss that. And then also, we talk about fear. So here we go. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social media platforms. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Truth Social, found at The Radical Road. Twitter, at The Radical Road 1. Visit our website, ontheradicalroad.com, and email us your questions or comments to Matt and Jess at ontheradicalroad.com. Hey, everybody. We're back. Together. We're back together. We're back together? We're back together. Well, we were back together. We're back together on the podcast. But <laughs> oh, now yes. You- now you took off again and we are doing the podcast split up like from you're from afar yes yeah so i had to think about that for a second because last week i was out on the road by myself you were at home you did an interview and i was not part of the production so to speak and i know it feels weird because i uh it, it's it's weird taking a week off from that. It feels like it's been kind of forever since um, I've been part of the show. But here we are again. And actually, I'm out on the road by myself again. And I'm actually calling in remotely. So this is like a cool new thing for us to try out. I definitely already miss you. I'm like, oh boy, it's a shock to not... I, I don't know. I just like, I like it when we're together, but, um, we're taking, I had to stay back because, um, my cousin gets married this Saturday and we didn't want to take any chances of, uh, me not getting back and missing my cousin's wedding. Um, but we are really hoping that everything goes smoothly out on the road and that Matt makes it back for the wedding on Saturday. Yeah, that would be great. And then last week, you were back at home because of doctor's appointments and just some things that you wanted to do and tie up. Um, So I spent eight days by myself in the truck, and it was was different. Uh, You know, I mean, generally speaking, we pretty much spend all our time together anyway, um, especially in the recent, in the recent year, because of our old business and now doing the Radical Road. We're just together all the time. And so, you know, spending a week by myself, I'm like, oh, this is weird. And I'm like, where's my lunch? My lunch didn't magically appear every day. So I kind of missed that a lot. (laughs) You missed your truck butler. Yeah, truck butler. But I think the butler thing is uh, for men, isn't it? Or can you call women truck butlers? I'm your truck attendant. Kind of like a flight attendant. Right. I know it's very handy because I've learned I'm doing a lot more by myself. It takes up a lot of time during the day to make a sandwich, make dinner, make the bed, vacuum the floor. There's all these things going on. And then, of course, when I pick up a piece of equipment, I don't have somebody hucking me chains and stuff, too. So my uh, my time is... I feel rushed more. (laughs) 
So we can joke about this. I'm sharing with our audience. We can joke about this because we are so secure in our relationship, in our marriage. We're like best friends. We're partners and we fully support each other in the arena. So we full we feel fully confident about I am his wife. I am his helper. We are equals, yet I am under my husband's covering. And, um, but I don't feel like I'm lesser than him. He doesn't make me feel that way. So we can joke about that. So for any of you out there that might be getting your underwear in a bunch right now, I just wanted to share that. <laughs> well, it was interesting because like when I'm driving, it feels completely normal because Typically, how our day will go is I'm just driving along and I get to sit in my thoughts. Like, I enjoy doing that. People always made fun of me because I never turn on the radio and stuff or listen to anything um, when I'm driving. And I'm like, I'm a thinker. Like, I just like to think about things. And, you know, and then you sit over in the passenger seat and you have all these tasks and things that you do for the radical road and also you know some things that have popped up as side gigs um that so you you've gotten consumed with doing things on the phone and the computer and stuff so it's interesting the bulk of our day is pretty quiet like there's not much talking going on so when i'm driving i'm like oh it just just feels normal where i've really felt it is you know my sandwich doesn't pop up. I have to, <laughs> I have to, I have to, I have to do all the chains by myself. And you don't um, have your snuggle buddy at night. <laughs> and I don't have my snuggle buddy at night, but it does make for a lot more room. I will assure you that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Um, last week was interesting. Um, you know, since I was by myself, I had some downtime um, where I had to sit. Um, for the weekend in order to get a reset on my clock, which basically if you sit for 34 hours, um, the clock that is federal law that we have to use as truck drivers um, resets to a fresh 70 hour work week clock for eight days, which worked out good because I mean, I couldn't pick up till Monday anyway, but you know, I'm sitting in Washington and going, what do I do with myself by myself? And Saturday was a little lame. I thought I might watch football or something, but that didn't really pan out. I kind of walked or wandered around. Um, but Sunday, I did attend church, um, which was fun. Um, I've never, you know, since we've been together, I've never been to church by myself, I realized. So it was different. I'm like, you know, we're not sitting and sharing and usually we're talking to other couples and stuff but i did visit a church in moses lake called moses lake alliance church and it's a small church there's kind of been some things that have gone on there they're kind of almost starting over from scratch um from what i could gather um but the pastor there is a, just amazing like He's he's very gifted in speaking and he knows the word very well. And he just delivered an incredible message. Like I was just blown away. Um, 
And so it kind of caught me off guard, you know, when I'm looking around the church, I was expecting it to be more full. Um, but I got all the details on that later, like, and kind of came, kind of found out, uh, you know, they're kind of in a rebuilding phase, but. I feel like a lot of churches today are in rebuilding stages, regardless of the reason. I feel like there's many that are being revived right now. Well, yeah. um, Across this country in general. You know, I know at this point, me and you have been to quite a few churches and it's really hard to put your finger on just one thing. I mean, the COVID thing was a big factor because, you know, there was quite a few churches that decided we're not really sure what's going on. We probably should close our doors for a little bit. And unfortunately what has happened is, you know, people haven't returned um, after they left. Right. um, Or, or they decided to go someplace else. And then the other thing is too, is, you know, it just, it opened the opportunity for goofy things to happen. And then, you know, something that I read recently was, you know, they did this survey of pastors and, you know, they came to the conclusion that somewhere in the neighborhood of 70% of the pastors in the United States right now are suffering some sort of burnout and are even thinking of stepping out of uh, that position. And I was like, whoa, that's not a good thing. But, you know, you look at the last couple of years and collectively church has kind of been under attack from various groups and different things. And um, it's created a real problem. But um, and it's interesting because Moses Lake, Washington, it's 20,000 people. And, you know, I'm trying to research, trying to figure out where I want to go on Sunday. And that place is full of churches. Like, I don't, I can't remember the number, but I was, I just, just like scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And I was like, how many churches are in this town? And then just in talking to people, you find out, you know, there's not a lot of them thriving. Meanwhile, I'm in Cedar Rapids going to church at a new church called Cedar Rapids Sanctuary. Um, it's not new. It's new to, to me. I, it was the first time I had been there. But um, it's in an interesting location um, in Cedar Rapids. It's one of those where you just don't judge the book by the cover. And you go in and it's very spirit-filled. It's a really great spirit-filled little church. Um, I just think it's really hidden and so not a lot of people know about sanctuary, um, but it, it, it was um, a really great Sunday, so much so that Matt and I went back there this last Sunday together. And um, yeah, it was great. We ended up praying over people at the end of church and um, it's just incredible time just praying over the people that we prayed over and getting some prophetic words over people. It was just, it was very God-filled time though. Yes. Um, it was very radical. Very <laughs> radical. Yes. <laughs> yes. We are on the radical road and it's just interesting because, you know, the more we do this, 
the more radical the stories get. But you also got to hold the mic. The lead pastor of the church actually handed you the mic, which I thought kind of caught both of us off guard. But that was kind of cool, too. Very cool, because he's very gifted prophetically. And he knew I had a prophetic word for the church, which I did. God had given me one while I was there. And um, he allowed me an opportunity to go up and um, give it in front of the church. And yeah, it's it's uh, very cool when uh, God allows us to use our voices, right? Like it's such a gift when we can use our voice to impact and touch others and to speak into others. And he does often choose those people that are willing enough to be and willing and bold enough to get up and to use their voices. So I, yep. I stepped into that fully in that moment, very humbly. Yeah. I stepped into it. So yeah. Yeah. It's grateful. And I just stood there like the proud husband. <laughs> you were trying but you were trying to get me to to say something. No, like, I wasn't trying to get him to say something. I wanted him to come up and just stand with me as one, oh. united as one. And he misunderstood. But that's okay. Yeah. So but yeah, it was yeah. fun. It was a fun fun day. Um, I just want, I just wanted you to have your glory. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't my glory. It was God's glory. <laughs> yeah, I know. But so, you know what I'm saying. Yes. Yes. So anyway, yeah, so that was, you know, that was kind of our week apart. Not too, too exciting, really. Um, for me, I was just trying to get west and get back to the Midwest as quick as I could. So I didn't really take much downtime to do much of anything. Um, but then it was nice because I get home and we get to spend a little time together and we get to hang out with our kids and and uh, just have some downtime for a couple days. So that was nice. But I'm back on the road, hauling back to the West again. And, and uh, we have a few days apart, but we just thought it would be really cool to do the podcast when we're not together and just try out some technology that we've uh, acquired so that we can do phone interviews and stuff. So we're looking forward to doing that with some people. Um, we've got some people in mind, but today we, uh, we want to get into the subject of fear. Yeah, you know, buddy. Fear. You know, for, for whatever reason, you know, I could, go off on a 40 minute tangent on why this subject matter has been working on me, but, um, the short and condensed, <laughs> yeah, I won't, the short, the short and condensed version is, you know, we're out here traveling the country and we're meeting all these people and we're stepping into churches and different types of businesses and everything. And it just seems like, you know, because of where we're at in a country, in the country and, you know, just kind of this lead up to election time. And, you know, there's just, just all these things going on and everyone you talk to, it just feels like at minimum, there's just this tinge of fear in people's voices, you know, this kind of mindset of fear of, like where the direction of things are going. Well, and, and you whatnot. can read fear throughout social media as well. Right. It's I'm everywhere. Not on that. 
I'm not on that as much as you, but certain, certainly, I mean, um, you get a better taste of that than I do. And of course you share some of the things with me, but, uh, anyway, you know, for, because of the, you know, just the interactions with people and kind of this just tinge of fear on people. And sometimes it's just full blown fear. Um, it's kind of been working on us, right? Like we felt like it's something that we need to talk about. Absolutely. And I even asked asked the question one day, I'm like, should I be afraid of some of these things? And specifically I was addressing, you know, like the country. And I mean, this sounds a little weird, but I'm like, should I be afraid of Joe Biden? Should I be afraid of the government, you know, politicians or whatever? Should I be afraid of corporations and, these things like, you know, you look across me- the media spectrum and there's just fear, you know, there's fear driven news everywhere in every facet of our lives and country right now. So I'm just like, sh- should I be afraid? I, I, I don't know. So. Absolutely just, not. You know, well, fear is, it only serves one purpose and it's basically nothing more than a survival response. That's what it is. Um, it's a way fear is the ultimate goal behind fear is to control. And that's what all of this media and the government's trying to do right now is to control. So they're using the fear tactic to reach people. Yep. I'm a little more systematic about my approach to topics that we dive into so like i actually look up the what the definition of the word is like I, in my head i think i know what it means specifically but i always like to just see what the you know the dictionary says the what the word means Please and share the fear has multiple definitions i'll share a few of them one of them is an unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness of danger. Um, another one is anxious concern. Another one is reason for alarm. Um, so it was, I probably wouldn't use those words. I'm probably not as elo- eloquent, but um, it, you know, that's what I thought of when I thought of fear in my head. and. You know, as I look at fear and what it means, I'm like, fear can be kind of good and kind of bad. Um, kind of bad. It in, is bad. <laughs> it, 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 it kind of comes up in different ways, right? Yeah, but Though, mostly I feel like it's the enemy that brings fear into people. Because what's behind fear is not of God. So the nature of fear is one, to control, two, to isolate, three, to paralyze, and four, to freeze people in time so they get stuck. Those are all things of the enemy. That's nothing that God would do to us. Right. But as a, you know, I feel like my idea of fear what I think it is and how it affects you has changed drastically now that I've become a Christian. 
you know, because let's say you're out in the woods and you see a bear, you have this fear come over. You can have this fear come over you. Right. Um, because how awful would it be to get mauled by a bear and die? Like (laughs) probably be one of the worst ways to die. So it's like, you know, I think about that and I go, well, fear is like this legitimate emotion. I don't necessarily think of it as something that is evil happening. Well, that that goes back to survival response, right? Like some, like that thought of keeping you safe. Right. It's when it turns into anxiety or worry um, that it becomes unhealthy, right? Well, yeah, because my mindset shifted as a Christian because, you know, you think of death and being mauled by a bear and it just seems terrible. Um, Some people can get consumed by that fear to the point where they may just lay in the ground in trembling fear because they don't know how to react to it. Well, fear can become people's prison, right? Like it can consume us so badly. Um, For example, you know, let's take some mothers that have children. They are almost paralyzed by the fear they have of something bad happened to their children. Right. Um, Or, somebody kidnapping their children, somebody killing their children, somebody, you know, like there's some people, some parents, mothers, fathers, whatever, that get paralyzed by this fear in this certain example. And that's almost when it can become a prison, when it just paralyzes you. Yeah. And in second Timothy one, seven, it says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. So God hasn't given it to us. Satan's the one that controls the fear. But of but God has given us power and love and a sound mind. So we can combat fear with his power, with his love, and with a sound mind. No, and I agree with that. I'm just saying because of that way of thinking, it's kind of shifted how I think about fear, right? Because, you know... I'm not afraid of bears or anything, but I will say there was a point in my life that I was terribly afraid of heights. And when I was young, I didn't know God, but I basically just forced myself. I was like, I'm not going to be afraid of heights anymore. And my approach to it was I'm going to climb the highest things possible and force myself to do it, which is one approach. But, you know, something that we had had brought up in a recent podcast was, you know, we had this encounter with a man who brandished a gun uh, and was basically threatening us with it. And I made the comment afterwards that I literally had no fear. Like fear didn't come on to me even a little bit. I was like, oh, that's so interesting. But it goes to the, the whole, you know, where my mind is with my relationship with God and the covering he has. And it's not a case of like, Oh, I think, you know, I can just be reckless and run around and I can't potentially get shot by some man. I just felt in that moment that, that I was safe. Um, 
and I felt like I made the right moves because of having that relationship with God, right? Right. Well, you know, so for me, um, you know, in my growth walk, personally, I used to deal with worrying about a lot of different, a lot of various things through my life. And I got to a point where I had to choose faith or fear. You, you can't walk in both at the same time. You have to choose one or the other. Like I could sit here and choose to worry and to fear this one thing in my life, but that's wasted energy, right? Or I can have faith that God's going to bring me through it and that he's going to protect me. He's going to cover me that he wants nothing but good for me. Right. So they're both unseen faith and fear are both unseen. No one can see them, but we have to choose. We have to choose one or the other. So I believe as, um, people, we can either be crippled by fear or we can be conquerors in faith. So we choose in each situation, one or the other. That's the way I look at it because fear can really just, um, guide our decision-making, our thoughts. Like we, you know, we've talked before, Matt, like thoughts can creep in. And so fear can guide those thoughts and we can just act out with a crippled mentality. Well, I mean, I think we've, we lived it here, you know, over the course of the last couple of years, because, you know, you look at what we went through with COVID and I just remember being at a point where I'm just like, man, you have two, well, you have distinct groups of people, right? Um, You have a group of people that are just like consumed with fear um, that this disease was going to run rampant and just kill everybody. I'm going to go out in public. And if I don't have my mask and my vaccine, whatever, I'm going to die. So you kind of have that group. And, you know, there's a, there's a middle ground there too. Obviously there always is, but you know, you have people who are just like, I'm not sure what to think of this. Maybe I'll just kind of play it safe and see how this plays out. Well, and then you have, then you have that group of people that, they, they're like, well, I'm not fearing COVID. I'm just having wisdom. So they're using, cause you know, it's that fear versus wisdom, but they're almost using wisdom to where they're, they're defending it too much. They're still having fear, but they're using wisdom to cover up that fear. So they're using it as a defense mechanism. Right. Well, wisdom can work both ways too, because, you know, the other part of that is, you know, somebody like me who, and you, you know, we both like to research things and we look at things and, and, you know, you start diving into what, uh, what COVID was and the science, you know, it didn't make sense to me. You know, that's where my wisdom kicked in and said, you know, what is everybody so afraid of? This is like a cold, you know, I get that it's affecting some people, but why are we, why are we, you know, treating children this way who the death rate of them was nothing, right? So, you know, that's where wisdom kicked in to drive out the fear because I'm like, this doesn't even make sense. 
And I get it. It was difficult because, you know, the so-called science behind it was jumping all over the place. You had people with different opinions, like who the heck do you even believe, right? Um, so I get to a certain degree how fear can creep into people in a situation like that. Um, yeah, but and I think the, to be honest, to be honest with you, you know, as you're talking, I also mm-hmm. just like you looked up the definition of fear. I looked up the definition of wisdom. Um, to share that. And, you know, people may really, you know, have stood behind that with the, let's take that mask example, um, wearing mask. So wisdom means the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment, the quality of being wise. So the soundness of an action or decision with regard to application of experience, knowledge, and good judgment. So they could be in their minds using good judgment. That's wisdom. Yeah. And, a, yeah, and another practical example would be, you know, just looking at the state of government right now. You know, we have two very distinct sides politically, um, the left and the right, the Dems, the conservatives, however you want to label it. Um but you have two very distinct sides and you know, you got one side on the right who's looking at what's going on going, this is the stepping stones to socialism. Right. And so that's where the wisdom kicks in and, and, and the fear on top of it, because we know historically the socialism fails a hundred percent of the time it it does every time so you know that that side of the fence is going well i don't want to be in socialism and now they're you know they they're sitting in fear because they're afraid that's where we're headed right um but the wisdom comes with experience and history and knowing the history of governments all over the world over a long period of time you know it's created fear, just having that knowledge, which I find interesting. Yep. And then so, we just have to recognize that we need to, at that moment, um, have faith, you know, that, that God's going to get well, his that, hands into this too. So, well, that's just, the, that's just the thing is like, I, I never thought of this before until, you know, you start looking at fear and looking at it biblically and you go into the Bible and man, there is a lot of mention of fear across the Bible. But like, that's that's because Satan uses that as that, that's the loudest voice. Fear is the loudest voice that Satan uses that often is on repeat through many, many people's heads. Right. right. So God knew this. He knew that Satan was going to use that to his advantage. And so we combat it with God's word, right? We combat it when we get closer to God. We do feel love. We do get a sound mind. And so that's where the power comes from is when we do get closer to God, we tend to be fearless, right? Fearless and more faith filled. So. Yeah. And that, I mean, you hit my point exactly is, you know, when you're seeing this thing, seeing this subject this many times, this many times across the Bible, 
there's obviously some importance to it. It's obviously a case where God's like, I know you're going to have to deal with this. Let me, let me explain to you how to combat this. Right. So I just, I found it very interesting because I just, I never realized until you start specifically drawing into one subject matter across the Bible. I'm like, man, this comes up everywhere. Um, and the, and like you said, you know, the solution across the Bible is the same. <laughs> right. It's the same. So it's the same solution. Right. Um, and that's the that's the trust in our Father, and and uh, not look to the fear, look to Him. Right. Um, you know, so many people out there too um, deal with the anxiety and the worry, and when your heart is heavy with anxiety and fear, stop. Just stop for a second. That's a red flag that you aren't operating out of God's wisdom. You've stepped away from walking in faith and peace with Jesus. And that's when we are trying to meet our own needs, really. And we need to remind ourselves that that God's actually the supreme source of wisdom. He has more wisdom than any of us walking around here on earth. And sometimes we try to rely on our own wisdom. And that's when that fear can creep in because we don't have that always. But God does have it. He has the supernatural supreme source of wisdom that we can't even comprehend. Um, and, you know, if any of our audience out there, if any of you uh, rad roadies are lacking in wisdom and you're like, man, I, I really could use more of that, you know, just pray over it. James 1, 5, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to you. And so he's simply telling you, just come to him in prayer, ask him for wisdom. He'll give it to you. And if you stand on that word and you say, I declare, it says right in your word that I can receive wisdom, pray that prayer. You will get the wisdom you need guaranteed. Yeah. And I mean, I'll even make this personal because, you know, before I became a Christian, you know, I've, I didn't really think about this before. I just, you know, I always looked at things in my life chaotic um, and just, I felt like I was running in circles and I didn't really have answers and I just wanted truth. Um, but if you look at it and you're just being honest about it, like a lot of this stuff was driven in fear. Right. And one of my, one of my big fears was like, I felt like I suffered some failures in my life and I was afraid of failing again. Like I just didn't want to fail anymore. Like I wanted to succeed at life. I wanted to be the best man I could be, you know, possible. Um, and so I went searching for an answer. Right. And, you know, I found it in God, like ultimately because I got stuck in that for a very long time. And when you get stuck in something and you don't know solutions to it, it, it gets you in a really bad place, you know? Right. And that's the whole object the whole objective of Satan and using fear is just to just to get you into this awful place, you know. Um fortunately for me, I reached my hand to God and he was waiting there to take it. So Well, and that just um, goes to show you that we need people 
um, we need people to speak into us and to recognize those things in us um, when when we are dealing with those situations. Well, yeah, because you know when you sit alone in your fear, that's that's when the fear becomes crippling, right? That's where it has the potential to keep you locked into something in in a place where you don't want to be, right? Right. You know, that that's where I felt like I was at. Like I felt like I was locked in step and didn't know which way to go, which way to turn. I didn't know how to move my life forward because I was just like, am I going to fail at this? Am I going to fail at something else? Um, and so you make a good point because I tell you, it, where I got my most breakthrough and where I really broke off the fear and some of these things in my life is in community with other men, you know, people in groups that we were involved in. Like I just had to have the courage to start speaking what was keeping me locked up. Oh, and there was good. fear in that. And there was fear in that too. There was fear in sharing those things with people because I didn't want to be judged. I didn't want to be looked at differently. I just wanted to be seen like a normal guy. But I knew at some point that if I didn't share it with somebody, I was just going to continually be stuck where I was at. Wow. So that's a good point. Like fear um, hinders us from being vulnerable, right? We put walls up. We can put walls up when we have fear. We put walls up to protect ourselves and it, it hinders being vulnerable and vulnerability brings growth. So if we can just let go of, that's where the control comes in. If we can let go of being fearful and we can be vulnerable, that's when we can grow as individuals and we can help each other grow. Well, the problem with walls too, is they work both ways. They may keep things out away from you, but they also keep you behind what you're supposed to be stepping into. Right. You know, you have, you have four walls around you, you're trapped. So um, people don't look at it that way. They're like, oh, I'm trying to protect my heart. I'm trying to do this. That's the opposite thing you should be doing. You should be tearing down walls. Right. Well, yeah, barriers are more of, so, you know, healthy boundaries are okay to protect, but barriers block. And we need to make sure that we know the difference between the two. Um, but boundaries, even with boundaries, we still need to, with people we can trust, we need to let those walls down. We need to be able to let those walls down, um, step out of the fear um, of, cause we get nowhere. We get nowhere. If we're always sitting in the fear, if we're always paralyzed and isolated, we get nowhere. Um, yeah. and you know, earlier I was talking about how for me, all of a sudden it just clicked and I was like, man, worrying is wasted energy. When I worry, I spend time and it's wasted time. And I think when it clicked for me was when I read, in Matthew 6, 27, it says, can worry make you live longer? No, right? The answer is no. Why worry about clothes? 
Look how the wildflowers grow. They don't work hard to make their clothes. But I tell you that Solomon, what I tell you that Solomon with all of his wealth wasn't as well clothed as one of them. So I think, you know, and then later on in 31, it says, don't worry and ask yourselves, will we have anything to eat? Will we have anything to drink? Will we have any clothes to wear? Only people who don't know God are always worrying about such things. And when I read that, I was like, wow, why am I worrying? I know God. I know my father is a good, good father. And he doesn't want me to fall. He doesn't want me to fail. He wants me to have clothes. He wants me to have something to eat, drink, you know, roof over my head. He wants me to thrive and survive. Like, why am I worried? Yeah. Why? I don't even know why I'm living in fear over these things. So I think that scripture just really hit home for me, um, being a Christian, whether you're a Christian or not, it's still, it's wasted energy and it's just pointless to sit in that. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. You know, I just think about all the fears that I've had in my life and where I'm at now. I'm just like, why, you know, why did I sit in that? Why did I have that fear? Um, it seems so trivial at the time, you know, I did it. It feels, it's very real. Fear, fear is very real thing. And it really can drive your mindset, your activities, like what you're doing. It's very real thing. But, uh, which is why we need to, like it says in the word, we need to capture each thought. Right. Um, yeah. because that's what it is. It's a, thought that's coming in and it's that feeling, right? It's that feeling that we get inside it and it's the thought of fear and we need to capture that thought and we need to be like, not today, Satan, not today. It's not your day. I am not yours. You will not do this. And we need to stop those thoughts. We need to stop Satan's actions. We need to stop him right in his tracks and realize what's going on. And as we become more aware of those thoughts and we become more self-aware, then it gets easier. Don't you agree? It does get easier. Like, like I mentioned before, and I say this to people all the time, I'm like, I literally am to the point where I fear, I feel like I fear nothing. You know, that's a little bit of, of an overstatement because, you know, just even in the last two weeks, I've kind of had some fear of, uh, of something in particular that kind of keeps creeping up and I have to keep reminding myself, um, you know, that it's not going to have power over me and it's basically the size of a very small bug and I just have to flick it away. But like, that's just how easy it is to get caught up into it. You know, I just, I was getting anxious and I was even having some trouble sleeping and I'm like, why am I being like this? Like, this is ridiculous. So there again, you know, you either remind yourself or you go to your community, right? You know, I mean, that's the. I actually just find peace just going back to the word and praying. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, whatever works. Um, But, you know, when you get tangled up in something it's not always that easy. I think most of the time with fear for us anyway, at this stage, 
it is that simple. You know, it's a matter of a prayer. It's a matter of digging the word, but you can get trapped in stuff sometimes. And that's where the community comes in. And it's very important to have other people around you that you trust, that care about you, that speak into your life, are willing to be honest with you, and then are rooting for you and just see the gold in you and just want you to win at life. You know, you start getting people, you start getting people like that around you and, you know, you start seeing not just yourself take off, but it spreads like rapidly. Um, Great example of love drives out fear. (laughs) Yeah. Which, which it's interesting because, uh, first John four eighteen, I kind of like this little scripture about fear. It says there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. I don't know. I just, when you have people that care about, like legitimately care about you, which, you know, honestly, I was at a point in my life out one time where I'm just like, I, I don't think anybody cares about me. Well, that was a stupid lie. That was fear that I'm just going to be alone and whatever. Um, but there again, it goes back to, you know, I just had to take this step of vulnerability to realize who all these people were around me. that were like, Hey, I want to be here for you. But if I don't know what's going on, I'm not sure what to do. So, you know, it goes both ways. Like you got to step into that a little bit too. But uh, when you got people around you that love you, they're not there to judge you. They're just there to help. Everybody's got problems. Right. I don't know how people get to that place where they just think, oh, I'm just, you know, me and this is my problem. And, you know, no one else knows what I'm going through. That is a lie in and of itself. Everybody goes through very similar problems. um, And once you get into community, you begin to realize that real fast. Yes. Yes. Um, And, you know, I, I think of some top things that people fear most what would you say some of those are? I don't know if we're right on track. The obvious I mean, is finances for people. Well, yeah, and that goes along the lines of failure, right? Like, oh, I don't want to fail my family, you know? You know, I'm a husband. I have kids. Like, I don't want to let them down. So there's that fear of failure. Well, even as a wife, um, too. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, fear in a career fear with being a bad parent, right? Like the decisions you make as a parent when you're, when your kids are growing up and they're in the house and fear of, I don't know, everyone has their worst fears, right? Like, but it's time to cancel those. It's time to break them off. And just, I think the biggest mistake we make is just being stuck in those fears. And it's just so hard to grow and to evolve and to move forward if we're just stuck in those fears. They don't claim us. 
And we need to not let them claim us, those fears. They cannot claim us. So we need to cancel those fears and and be done with them. Yeah, I mean, fear is the thing that keeps people from thriving. You Absolutely. Know, I, you know, I look at, you know, Christians right now, even, you know, there's this fear of like, if I say something is, am I going to get judged by somebody? You know, you have all these groups in the world right now that are putting judgment on people and telling them they're wrong and not allowing people to voice what they believe. You know, one of the bigger voices that has gotten shut up is the church and the church body. And it's like, no, we have a very powerful message and, you know, people need to speak truth because, you know, that's one of the things that I think about more than anything right now is that, you know, you have all these things being said. We're very divided in this country. Who's right? Like who's speaking truth? And, you know, as Christians, we believe in the ultimate truth, the Bible. And for some reason, we're not talking about it. We're not speaking it. We're not saying the things that need to be said because we're afraid of the blowback from it. And, you know, that's fear. Right. That's a a lie and that's fear. And, you know, I mentioned it earlier in the podcast, you know, you're looking at some of these problems with churches and just like the numbers going down, you know, recently I read a poll, you know, you go back to the early nineties, 90% of the people in this country, um, you know, saw themselves as Christian. And now we're down to like, you know, some 64%. And one of the biggest reasons for that is because we're losing our voice. We're losing our voice in the nation. And, if as a Christian, you don't believe that the Bible is the ultimate truth and you don't want to share that, like we're going to lose, you know? Um, Right. So, you know, fear can, fear can be passivity, right? Like what you're saying where we're not doing, we're not saying anything. We're not doing anything. We're in fear. So we just stay passive. Um, Yep. We want harmony, right? That sometimes can be passive and harmony can be great too. But sometimes if it's, if it's fear driven, if the intent is fear behind it, that's when it becomes bad. And then on the other flip side of it is fear can also drive people to overwork themselves, to be in this modern hustle, right? Right, So fear can drive people to go, 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 go. And they never rest because they're in fear of, of their, they don't want to face their fears. They're in fear of something, whatever that is, whatever it is that they don't want to face. So they often turn to the hustle. And so it goes both ways and it's recognizing that in ourselves and saying, you know what, I've been doing that. I need to take ownership in that. I need to put a stop to that. So that we, that I can get healthy so that I can own the fears that I have and be a conqueror of it because we're all discovering ourselves right through this process and earth. And 
Right. It's just self-discovery. A lot of it. Just kind of go back here a second. You know, I was just thinking of this because of the statement I just made, but you know, we do, we go around the country and we have stepped into a lot of churches and stuff. And I'll, I'll make the statement of, you know, if you want to know what the difference between the churches that are thriving right now and the churches that just can't keep, seem to keep the ball rolling. That are losing members. <laughs> they're losing members left and right and will continue to lose them is the ones that are thriving are speaking truth. They're speaking biblical truth. And, and it's really that simple. And, and they are relating it to the current affairs today because it does make a difference and it is in the word. It's pretty much spelled out and they're not shying away yep. from it. They're grabbing a hold of it and conquering it. Yep. So. You know, as a person that graduated high school in the early 90s, to see that poll where people are basically not recognizing themselves as Christians, whatever you want to call it. You know, it was around 90% in the early 90s and now 64% somewhere around there currently. And we're on a down, a downward trend of people, you know, saying they have no affiliation with uh, Christianity. I'm just like, as a person that's lived through those years, the early nineties to now, I'm like, huh, I wonder if there's a correlation between all the chaos that's going in the world and the removal of biblical truth from the, from schools and where, you know, wherever else. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were, you know, we, we were founded on upon God. So we've lost that. So I 100% agree. Yeah, but, you know, I was being somewhat sarcastic there because I'm like, nobody wants to talk about that. You know, we have all these problems that are happening and it goes in line with the number of people that are removing themselves from the church. Um, but there again, we and need to talk about it and people need not yep. to be in fear of talking about it. Absolutely. So, I agree with that. You know, because people, as I always say, people outside of the church, they already got the world, right? Like they're already living in the world. They're of the world, most of them. So when they come to a church, they're craving something that's not of the world. They want to hear the truth. They want to hear about right. God, they want to hear about what's in that word. Um, and they want to be able to relate. Um, so they need to hear it. They need to hear the truth. People need to hear that. Yep. You make a great point. And I think that's some great advice for people. If you're stuck and you don't know which way to go, hey, step into a church. Yeah. Give it a shot. Get some direction. See what happens. Absolutely. See what happens. Yeah, I mean, you know what's the worst my, thing that could happen to you, right? <laughs> you, you don't have you don't you don't have to take my word for it. See what happens. That's right. Anyway, all right. Well, it's been I've fun. Had, I, I've had enough talk of fear. I'm done with the fear. 
No fear. <laughs> no fear. We love all of you. We are so grateful for all of you listeners. Um, we feel like we know you, but we don't know you, some of you. Um, but we are grateful for each of you. And we have ran into some of you um, recently that we met for the first time and that was pretty cool. So we just um, hope that you continue spreading the word and sharing the love and, you know, letting others uh, listen in as well. And we hope we can continue running into more of our rad roadies out there. Yes. And I'd also like to mention, if you are a person that would like to step into a church and give it a shot, if you go to our website on the radicalroad.com, we've actually started a map that has pins of churches all over the country. Um, if you feel like you are going to a church now that should be on our map, feel free to contact us um, at Matt and Jess at on the radical um, Cause we're always looking to add more. And also if you don't find something on the map in your area, feel free to reach out to us and uh, we'll help you find a place. We will find one. We like uh, really healthy, biblically sound, Holy spirit filled churches. And uh, most of the, most all the churches on the map are non-denominational. So um, we know we've done our research and we know that they're very, very good churches. So yeah, have fun with that and spread the word. Yes. So we're done for now. You're at home, but I'm back on the radical road. All right. Talk to y'all later. We'll see you on the road. <laughs>